This is The Guardian. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. President Biden may have announced that the pandemic was over last month. The pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. But according to the statistics, COVID-19 certainly isn't going anywhere anytime soon. We still have 400 deaths or so, or 350 deaths a day from this uh, virus. But this is a lot of people still dying, and this is still a major cause of death in the United States. According to official estimates, in the week leading up to the 20th of September, over one million people in the UK were COVID positive. And there have been warnings that we might have a rather bumpy winter ahead. The chief executive of the UK Health Security Agency warning it'll be the first time we're likely to see flu spreading in any real numbers circulating alongside COVID. Early evidence suggesting we're twice as likely to die from having the two together than just COVID alone. But why are experts worried about a so-called twindemic? And is it time we all put our masks back on? I'm Ian Sample, The Guardian's science editor, and this is Science Weekly. Peter Openshaw, you're Professor of Experimental Medicine at Imperial College London and a member of the new and emerging Respiratory Virus Threats Advisory Group, or NERVTAG, which advises the government on things like flu and COVID. The autumn wave of COVID has clearly arrived in the UK What is the situation right now? Several indicators are showing that we're seeing a rise in COVID cases throughout the uh, country and the devolved nations. This was rather what we anticipated would happen when the weather started to get a bit more autumnal. What we haven't seen so far, which we're all waiting with bated breath to see whether it does occur, is whether there's going to be the emergence of a new variant, which could really knock all the predictions off course. And on that note, let's talk about the variants circulating at the moment. Are we in an era where all the troublesome variants now are types of Omicron? Well, yes, at the moment, that seems to be where we are. But before Omicron, we all felt reasonably reassured that things seemed to be quite stable. 
but we just don't know where these are going to come from. They could come from anywhere in the world. It's so unpredictable. But at the moment, it does look as if the virus is doing what the epidemiologists call exploring the Omicron space, you know, looking for areas of weakness in the immune response that has been building up in the population due to infection and to vaccination, trying to find areas where the virus can still thrive despite that accumulated immunity. We're also heading here in the Northern Hemisphere towards what would normally be flu season. And lots of experts have been sounding the alarm about a possible twindemic with flu and COVID hitting at the same time. Why is that? Why is that a particular concern this year? Well, there's been such a, a hiatus for those influenza viruses. The lockdown measures were quite effective against coronavirus, but were very effective against influenza. Influenza barely clung on in various parts of the world, and some lineages of, of influenza were completely wiped out and don't appear to be coming back at all. So it means that over the past two years, the level of immunity to influenza has drifted down in the general population. And what was seen in Australia was a very severe wave of influenza with quite a nasty variety of flu causing a lot of hospitalizations. And we're obviously looking to Australia because they've just come out of their winter season, which can give us a bit of a head start on understanding what could happen here. So did Australia's flu wave this year coincide with a lot of COVID too? It was variable because the amount of lockdown that was going on in Australia did vary according to how much coronavirus there was around. But they did have quite a lot of trouble with um, the combination of, of different infections circulating. Peter, I recently spoke to our health editor, Dennis Campbell, about the current state of the NHS on the podcast. And frankly, it was all bad news. So the possibility of concurrent waves of flu and COVID must be a serious concern for those in the health service. Absolutely. I really do feel for my colleagues who are very much on the clinical front line still. It is so difficult to maintain a good service to our patients, which is what we all went into working for the health service for, and to be finding ourselves unable to really meet reasonable standards is a very disappointing situation. Does it make life tougher, given that these two infections, flu and COVID, often might actually be presenting in the same way? Yes, it does. And often they impose a burden on the same part of the service. So having concurrent COVID and influenza at the same time could produce very difficult conditions in already stretched service. So we've got this potentially tough winter ahead and hopefully tens of millions of people are going to be getting flu and COVID vaccinations in the coming months. I wonder if we can just talk about the flu vaccine. I mean, as we've learned on the podcast before, experts have to sort of take an informed guess as to what strains the vaccine targets each season. Do you know how that's looking this year, how well matched that flu vaccine appears to be against the flu that is circulating in other parts of the world that may be coming here? It's actually looking quite good. I was, I'm actually at a meeting at the moment in Belfast with people who were on the selection committee and we were looking at the way in which the circulating virus has been met by the expectations that led to the formulation of vaccines. And it's looking quite a good match this year, which is very reassuring. Perhaps that's because influenza has been through such a hiatus and it's become a little bit more predictable which are the strains of flu which are going to grow out. 
It's often children, I think, that drive the spread of some of these outbreaks of influenza. They're going to be offered a nasal vaccine. What sort of impact would you hope to see from that? With different infections, there's a different degree to which they are amplified or transmitted amongst children, often without much by way of symptoms, and therefore be transmitted to people within the family who are much higher risk, you know, elderly grandparents, for example. So this vaccine, which is being offered to children, is a very effective way not only of protecting them against nasty flu, which can occur in children, but also protecting them against catching the virus in the first place and passing it on because it induces a strong immune response in the lining of the nose and lung, which is so important in defending against that primary site of infection. So that might actually stop them getting the infection full stop rather than sort of catching it, but not getting severe disease, as we've seen with some of these COVID vaccines. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Let's just move on to the COVID vaccine. Most of those who are eligible, such as health and social care workers, people aged 50 and over, those in care homes and people in clinical risk groups, they're being offered a combined shot targeting both the original COVID-19 variant and the BA1 Omicron variant. What difference do you think that could make? We have to wait and see. I mean, what we do know is that they induce a very good broad immune response. I'm optimistic that they will be better because the immune responses look better, but we have to wait for real world data. We're obviously hoping that millions of people will take up this offer for booster vaccinations this autumn. But as we're seeing with this autumn wave already, COVID's already on the move. It's here in the UK and we don't have any restrictions remaining. Is it time for us to think again about putting our masks back on or thinking about sort of testing and ventilation again? Do we need to get into that kind of habit? We do know that masks work. The better masks especially if you fit them properly and don't leave gaps around the side or up by your nose. Well-fitted, proper mask will actually greatly reduce your likelihood of picking it up. I absolutely sympathise that people don't really want to be wearing them, but I'm certainly myself wearing a mask already in places where it's crowded and you're breathing a lot of other people's exhaled air. I don't mind that it looks a bit odd, I'm afraid. I just wear a mask. Do you expect that to be effective against flu as well? Yes, I think it, it will be. Uh, the studies that have been done prior to COVID with mask wearing had not really been very clear about the degree to which they can prevent transmission. The more we're learning about masks, and especially the better designed masks, the more confidence they give that they will filter out these little particles of spittle and sneeze and so on. You know, it's that size of particle, not the size of particle that is a virus, because the viruses are all attached to clumps of mucus, which are the size of a cell or, or the size of a clump of cells. And those can be filtered quite effectively by masks. And how important do you think testing is going to be over the winter, Peter, testing for COVID, especially given now we're in this situation where those tests are no longer free for the vast majority of people? Those rapid home tests were remarkable. We didn't really think that something like that could possibly work or that people could be trained to administer them themselves. And I think, you know, from the studies that have been done, it really does seem that they are pretty predictive of whether you are infectious and going to transmit to somebody else. 
So I personally would very much like to have the availability of testing in order to decide on whether you know you should keep yourself in isolation. I think whether you have influenza or COVID, it's right and proper that you should do everything you can not to infect other people and not to infect vulnerable people in particular. Bearing all this in mind, Peter, what are your thoughts on the winter months ahead? I think we have to be prepared for significant flu and COVID season in this coming winter. It's the usual, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And we need to get vaccine rates up as high as possible. Peter, huge thanks for coming on and taking us through all this. Really good to hear your thoughts. Well, it's a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. Thanks again to Professor Peter Openshaw. You can find all our coronavirus coverage at theguardian.com. And that's it for today. The episode was produced by Madeline Finlay. The sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo. And the executive producer was Max Sanderson. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. 